0: Hello and welcome to the How Not to Screw Up Your Kids podcast. So, pour yourself a cuppa, find a comfy seat, and enjoy the conversation. This is episode 110, and today's episode, I Hate You. <laughs> I'm talking about what we should do when we hear these heartbreaking words from our children, which often elicits one of two responses from us. Either it's that deep hurt at the absolute core, My babies just said they hate me. Or we get anger and frustrated at their ungrateful rudeness. And it's quite interesting. I'm recording this podcast after a weekend of having a very full house for Sunday lunch with my children and my husband's children. It was just very loud and very noisy, and a couple of sort of girlfriends and boyfriends were also present there. And whilst we didn't get any of the I hate you, there were lots of kind of that sort of discussion amongst siblings and the discussion around things that we've done as parents and other things. I just sort of thought, actually, this is such, you know, I don't know about you, you may be fortunate enough that you've not yet had those immortal words uttered to you, but I'm just going to tell you, trust me, I'm a doctor. <laughs> you are going to hear them at some point. It kind of spreads us into these two camps. It hurts us to our core. I think especially because quite often the first time that they mutter it is when they're quite little. And it just seems to hurt so much more when they say that. But you are likely to get this at any age with your children. And several times, and it may not be the words I hate you, it'll be something like that. I just think it's a really important thing that we can that we talk about. And that we normalise that that's going to happen. I'm going to share five tips but I want to talk about a couple of other things first in terms of a bit of a context. It's not that I think that unless you hear I hate you you're not doing your job properly as parents. I do think that it's really important as parents that we remember that we're not in the parenting post. It's not a popularity contest amongst our children and whilst of course we want to have a great relationship with our children we want them to be able to talk to, to us about things. We want them to share their experiences and to be that one person that they want to share their joy with and their exciting news we also have to remember we are not meant to be their best friend we are meant to be their parent and with that comes some really difficult uncomfortable decisions which they're not going to like which is why we're bound to get this I hate you and as I say it's not that I think that the more you're getting that the more you're doing a good job but I do think we have to expect that and we do have to constantly remind ourselves that it is about making difficult decisions and in those moments where I have gone into full lecturing mummy mode which we all do I do, probably a bit more than anyone else, but anyway, you know, I have been known to remind my children that, you know, I'm not here to make the popular decision, I'm here to make the difficult decision in the long term, because I know that that's my role, is to prepare you, you know, we talk, I talk a lot about this in the podcast, and I talk about this a lot in the book, is this idea that our role is to prepare our children beyond our home, beyond that nurturing safe space space where everything is provided and we're there on tap and we can provide support as and when they need them and advice. It, you know, we've got to prepare them to go out independently and make their own decisions, make their own choices and thrive. And so we have to make difficult decisions sometimes to say, no, you can't have this. No, you can't do that. Obviously we do it in a kind and compassionate way. We we explain things to them, but our role is to provide that framework and those boundaries So that when they're then out in the real world, living life independently, they're able to put those boundaries in for themselves. So I do think it's really important that we remember that because sometimes I think we can feel, you know, go back to one of the episodes I've done before previously about feeling guilty as a parent and sometimes making decisions that are not in the best interests of our children because we feel guilty so sometimes we, we say that they can do things because we feel bad maybe we've been working a lot maybe we've been away from them a lot maybe they're having a particularly difficult time with friendships so i do think from the context of this idea about i hate you let's just remember that this is our uh, you know our role is really to make sure that we make some of those tough difficult decisions that they're not going to like and of course we're going we're going, we're bound to get an element of that i hate you So I think that that's a really kind of important thing that we remember within the broader context of this. And the other thing that I would also say is that if you do get angry, in that moment the idea is obviously we're trying to I hate you is just a way that our children have of expressing themselves it's an emotion and often when it starts happening it starts happening with very very young children so you might be listening to this and you've got toddlers or you've got preschoolers that are using these words it's just an inability to express how they're feeling in the moment as our children get older it can be a deflection on how they're feeling and so it comes out as I hate you or something similar really what we're trying to do when we look at dealing with this which I'll talk about, is really trying to get to the root of where is this coming from and how might we then, might we help them in a broader context. The more, calm's probably not the word that I'm really looking for here, but I think the more balanced we can be in the moment, the more we can try, really try in that moment to view the words that they're saying in that compassionate, then don't mean the words that they're saying because there's a feeling that's a deep hurt behind that. I think if we can do that broadly speaking that's pretty much what we need to be thinking about now obviously that doesn't always happen you know I said to you before that you know we typically respond to those words in one of two ways we either feel deeply hurt or we get into this sort of anger of how ungrateful they are and maybe I never would have spoken to my parents like that how dare you do you not realise all the things that I do for you so we tend to kind of respond in one of those sorts of ways that's our typical sort of instinctive primary almost visceral reaction to that and what I would say is obviously Obviously, we want to try and keep it in that more balanced, compassionate way. But if you lose your rag and you shout and you get into that rant of how dare you please don't beat yourself up next time try and follow the suggestion that i'm going to talk through we are human beings we're not robots we're not programmed to always respond in a monotone calm way every single time and we're humans our feelings become hurt and i do think that i you know i've said quite often and um, at talks that i've given is that actually sometimes it really doesn't damage our children to see that they've hit a bit of a raw nerve that actually we've reached our limit in terms of amount of i um, upset that they have that they're then projecting on us in an unkind and uncompassionate way and in a hurtful way so if you've lost it please don't worry just it's that whole idea of every single day we are striving to be that little bit more consistent a little bit more of the parent that we really want to be in each and every day so if we get it right two times out of ten woohoo well done you're doing a fabulous job let's not focus in on beating ourselves up every single time we are human and instead focus in on okay what can I do next time that will help me respond to it in a way that I know I really would would have liked to have responded to it last time so that's the kind of context so let me talk you through the five things that I think are kind of things that we need to keep in mind in terms of strategies, some of which will help you in that moment and some of which are things that we need to kind of go beyond because obviously we need to deal with it in the moment, we can't just ignore it. What I would say is that my personal view and obviously when i prepare a podcast episode i kind of dump my own kind of thoughts and then i often do a little bit of research in terms of what other experts parenting experts and psychologists recommend in this particular space i personally don't think that we some there's some advice out there that says when our children say i hate you that we kind of you know that's a really mean thing to say that's really upsetting immediately i personally don't feel that that's particularly helpful I do think it's important that we talk to our children about the fact that the words that they use can hurt and they can be upsetting. But I really, the advice that I'm going to give you primarily focuses in on how do we deal with that big emotion in that moment? And then how might we address the words that they've used afterwards? So let's dive in. The first one is, please don't panic. You know, they don't genuinely hate you at their core. Just in that moment, they feel very strongly. And let's be honest, what's often happening behind this I hate you is that you have said no to something you have put a limit into something you have placed a boundary that is something that your child is trying to push against it's really trying to not panic and see the comment that they're making within the context of the decision that you've made or what you've said to them around what they can and what they can't do in that moment children really don't hate us in that moment in the same way as i remember reading somewhere this idea that actually sometimes we just don't like our children scandalous i know but it's this whole idea we love our children of course we love our children we adore them they're this part of who we are in every way but it's also okay not to like them sometimes so in the same way as your children love you but in that moment they don't like you because you have made a decision that is around a no or enforcing a boundary or setting a limit. So, you know, it's really important around that because when we take it personally, that then sends us down a path of making decisions that may not be the best for us as adults, but might also not be the best for our children in terms of helping them understand that there are boundaries and being consistent in the application of those boundaries, as well as preparing them, remember, for the adults that we're trying to raise. So the first one is simply don't panic. The second one is take a moment if you can. It's about making sure that you check in with yourself so you don't meet their big emotion with your big emotion. We've talked about this before in this this notion of sort of emotional regulation and this notion of emotional dysregulation. When our children have a big feeling, which is often what's behind this then absolute visceral response to like I hate you, they've got a big feeling. The last thing that we should be doing is meeting their big feeling with our big feeling. And instead, what we want to try and do is create this vessel, this container that their big emotion can explode within, can expand within, but doesn't then trickle into absolutely everything. So we're helping them by holding that space for them. If you can't do that in that moment, that may genuinely be an opportunity you take that opportunity to say I, you know right now i can't have this conversation with you i understand that you're feeling something but right now i think we both need some space so don't ever be afraid to in, to insist and ensure that there's a moment taking whether we will talk about you know acknowledging their big feelings and dealing with things but don't be afraid to say we've got some big emotions going on here we're both clearly not in the best space to have this conversation I think we just need five minutes and we'll come back to this. And always remember when we're trying to take a moment, when we're trying to create a bit of space, that you remove yourself from the situation rather than removing the child. If you've listened to my previous um, episodes when we're talking about how to manage those big emotions, and you've talked to children about creating their emotional toolkit, and they have a toolkit, and you've had a discussion around your child has said that actually, when they feel big emotions, they need to kind of take themselves off to their toolbox or to their bedroom then by all means, that is something you've already had a discussion around, it's something you've already agreed and talked about, then 100% absolutely remind them that we're taking a moment and that we take our moments in our separate spaces and your child takes their moment in their bedroom or in a particular space where they read or or where their toolbox is. But if you haven't had that pre-agreed, then it is just really important that you remove yourself because when we push our children away so if you've not listened to the episode before or actually repetition is the mother of all learning so it's always useful to hear it again but the idea is when when they're feeling a big emotion they're overwhelmed and so sending them away as in sort of suggesting that they go to their room or they go somewhere outside it's like we're pushing that emotion and that connection and that contact away and actually, we need to be providing a space where they feel contained and safe to be able to work through that emotion and experience that emotion. And so if we are feeling that our emotions are bubbling and we're getting more and more angry and frustrated, and we can do that at any point in the discussion in that heat of the moment. And you know, if we start off and we think that we're in a, in a great place, we've not panicked We've kind of checked in on ourselves and we seem to be fine and we begin to kind of acknowledge their feelings and we can feel ourselves bubbling up and boiling over. The emotions are getting big. Then at any point we can say, I think I need a moment because I can feel that my feelings are getting quite heated and I'm not sure I'm going to make the best decisions or be able to talk to you about how you're feeling properly. And that's so crucial that we articulate to our children that we are taking a moment and why. And in lots of ways, be slightly self-deprecating. You know, that, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean you're failing as a parent or undermines your position and your, you know, not authority because I don't like that word when it comes to parenting. But your knowledge and your wisdom is just simply saying that actually I'm being really compassionate to myself. So I can be compassionate to you. And that's a great way of modelling to our children that we as their parents are human beings, are grown ups and we get big feelings and we don't always know what to do with them. But we acknowledge that sometimes we need to take ourselves out of a situation in order to be able to experience them, to work through them and then come back and have a discussion in a space where we can then be our best and so don't ever be afraid to kind of take those moments and to be honest about why you are doing that but it is always that we remove ourselves rather than sending our child to a different space unless that's part of a toolkit that we've already discussed with them and our children have asked us have given us permission to remind them to go use their toolkit or to remind them to use a space that they've created within their bedroom, for example, for them to be able to work through big emotions. So the first is don't panic. The second is take a moment. But of course, we can take a moment at any point through the process. The third one is it's really, it's really important to acknowledge that our children are experiencing a big feeling. So instead of this sort of notion in that heat of that moment when our child says something says I hate you or you're mean or you're horrible or, you're the worst parents I wish I was never born whatever it is you know what it's like one of those sorts of things the best way we can respond in that moment is not well that's a really hurtful thing to say you made me feel really sad it's just simply say those are big feelings you're having at the moment because it is the words come from a feeling And what we're really trying to do is respond to the emotion behind that. And we're also trying to help our children understand that there's an emotion behind that. So, you know, those are big feelings you're having at the moment. And then elaborate. I can see that you're frustrated and you're angry that I've said you can't go to the party. I can see that you're angry that it's time for bed and you'd much rather be able to stay up and watch the next programme or play on your um, electronic device. Or, you know, you're angry because you can't have your phone in your bedroom. Whatever that might be is acknowledge that it's a big feeling. Yep, those are big feelings that you're having at the moment. And then be really specific about what you're seeing in that moment within your child and how the decision that you have made to say no or to create a boundary or to put limits on something is affecting how they feel. Because that's simply what's happening they're experiencing a big emotion and depending on our children it depends then what we do to help support them in terms of then being able to articulate because fundamentally they're experiencing a big emotion. They're saying something that is unkind and hurtful and what we then want to do is help them find more appropriate ways of, of expressing themselves. So the first one is don't panic. The second is take a moment at any point in the process. The third is acknowledge this is a big feeling and respond to it as such at the beginning and the fourth one is that what we want to do now is deal with it in a development appropriate way remember that I've not said age appropriate for those of you who are new to the podcast maybe you're listening to this episode for the very first time the very first episode that you're listening to what I will just say is just I don't tend to approach things from a when you've got a toddler, when you've got a preschooler, when you've got a seven-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 15-year-old, an 18-year-old, because fundamentally our children develop across a multitude of different aspects of themselves at different ages and stages. So you may well have an incredibly emotionally intelligent three-year-old who is not great in terms of their ability to use their words and communication, who might be very dexterous in terms of their fine motor skills, in terms of holding pens and colouring, but their big motor skills are not so great. So our children develop a whole multitude of different things. So rather than me saying, this is what you need to do with this child child of this age, I'm simply reminding you that we need to deal with the development appropriate. If you've got a 13-year-old who's saying this to you, but you know emotionally they're quite immature and they're probably responding much more like an eight-year-old then of course you can use language as in the words that a 13-year-old that you would use with a 13-year-old but the concepts with which you kind of have that conversation will need to be tailored for that sort of stage that they're at that developmental stage that they're at which is eight in terms of using words around language so we want to deal with it in a development of developmental appropriate way so if we've got super super young children who are still learning their words and their feelings yeah so they're still trying to work out their feelings then it's probably best to ignore the statement of i hate you so don't get into the kind of like well that's not a nice thing to say ignore the statement and really just focus and deal with the big emotion which is behind it so the whole i can yeah that's a big feeling that you're feeling you're angry because it's bedtime and you want to keep playing. So that's what you're dealing with. What can often happen with super young children is when we get sucked into to sort of responding with the I hate you. What then happens is we reinforce that because sometimes the big, the big emotion might be our children might be doing that because they're vying for our attention and our time. So now what we've done is we've given them something that they can use that we've reinforced is when you use those words they get our undivided attention and we move them away sometimes they our children say that maybe because they're jealous they've got a sibling that's taking up some of our time in that moment and when we get sucked in so it's really with younger children who are still kind of learning their words and their feelings it's best to ignore the statement and really deal with the big emotion behind it older children we still obviously want to deal with the emotion behind it but we can also then begin to discuss how hurtful it is to say something like, I hate you, help them understand how these types of words impact other people's feelings. It's then crucial to talk about more appropriate ways they might deal with their big emotions in the future. Again, it's, we're still dealing with it, but it's really helping them in terms of helping them understand that because it's part of a broader when we're frustrated with people, how we might not use those, how we may not use hurtful language when it comes to our friends, maybe as well. So, with older children, we might approach it that way. With teens, it's about not getting sucked into the discussion which preceded the I hate you, as it's often bait and counterproductive so for example you've got a teen who wants to go out to a party or they want to have a party at home or they want to stay up late or they want to have their mobile phone in their room or maybe they want a new phone and then they launch into this tirade against you saying that you never let them do anything usual ones here you never let them do anything and you are always so strict and mean and then they say that they hate you so often with te- is that is that you never and you always, it's these kind of big sweeping generalizations that they will come up with. So getting sucked into why you have made the call that they can't go to the party at that moment is not going to help anyone. You might have a discussion about it afterwards, another time, another day. But in that moment, don't get sucked into it because it's bait and it's counterproductive and so they're angry and they're baiting you because they want to feel justified in being angry by getting you angry and then they can say that that's why you know you always argue you're always mean and and so really try not to and again if you're finding that you're getting sucked into it please don't beat yourself up and then take a moment if you need to return to the discussion at a later stage. Remember that our primary focus in that moment is to validate their feelings, whether we've got a very young child, whether we've got a child that's a bit older, whether we're dealing with a teen. We're trying to, our primary focus to, is to validate their feelings. And then either in, in that moment or later, get to the real root cause of the issue and then help them find better ways of managing those intense feelings or those big emotions in the moment so it's dealing with it in a developmental appropriate way and then the fifth one which is the really crucial one if we want to avoid the i hate you"s being repeated very often is we need to really delve deeper to understand what's at the root of this big feeling you know because that's what is projecting out this this visceral angry comment and it's unlikely to be something that you can do in the moment it's likely that it's got to be something that you and or your child need to reflect on afterwards and monitor over a few days to really understand where is this coming from is it that our children maybe are feeling disempowered is it that our children are feeling jealous of a sibling is it that our children are sort of feeling from a friendships perspective that they're not able to keep up because the kind of wanting to go to a party and other things is actually much more rooted in wanting to be accepted, wanting to be liked, doing what others are doing. So it's really important that we delve deeper, that we try and you know, just be a bit observ- observant of what's happening and what's going on in our child's world. Because that's, you know, those big emotions, if we really try, and it it's going to sound really cliched, but just bear with me. But if we can really try and approach it from that sense of curiosity, I'm just really intrigued to understand why my child is feeling this big emotion. What's at the root cause of that? What's their little world like that is making them respond in this way? We can then really understand and then we can then have those conversations with our children. And that's why we have to, Go, go back to so many of the other episodes in terms of making sure that we're in the right space that we've taken care of ourselves because when we're in that right space we're then when we're feeling recharged and taken care of and not overwhelmed and exhausted and put upon and all these other things that happen naturally as part of a parent because we are juggling multiple roles parenting is just one of them but actually being able to kind of really remove the emotion the hurtful emotion for us and the anger that we might feel of this child that we've sacrificed so much and and they're speaking to us like that is that if we can try and sort of step back and detach ourselves a little bit from that we can then be really curious we can then say it's really interesting that they're saying that what's what's going on in their world at the moment and it may be quite obvious maybe that you've got they've got a new sibling and they're jealous and that might be part of it they feel they're getting less of your time it may be obvious because they're they're a teen that's going through that whole trying to discover who they are they want to do what everyone else is doing because they want to fit in it might be a child in their middle sort of ages of seven or eight that's maybe experiencing a step up at school or or difficulties with friendships But I think when we can really approach it from that curious perspective of, okay, let me take this as something that is giving me a chance to really step into what the world my child is inhabiting, then we stand a much better chance of being able to address it. So let's just recap those five. So don't panic. Take a moment. Acknowledge this is a big feeling. Deal with it in the moment in a developmental appropriate way. And then later we're looking at delving deeper to understand what's at the root cause. Those are my top tips that I would suggest. And my give this week are going to be these five strategies in a checklist. And as usual... With a bit of space underneath so you can reflect and it also serves as a reminder maybe put it up somewhere as a way of reminding you as usual all you need to do is head over to my free resource library drmaryhan.com forward slash library where you'll find the link to download the resource all you need to do is pop in your email address and you'll get instant access not only to this week's resource but all the other free resources across all my other podcast episodes as ever you know what I'm going to ask. If you have enjoyed this episode, I would be eternally grateful and would love it if you could follow and review this podcast so that others can find us and we can spread the love. So until next time.